Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Stephen McCoy, and you are listening to Sessions with Stephen. And today we have a very special guest. Our topic today is Be Courageous. And I think it's so appropriate to have this woman, one of my favorite, favorite comedians of all time, Miss Monique. <laughs> hey, Stephen. Hey, Monique. How are you? I am wonderful, baby. How you doing? I am doing really good. I've interviewed so many celebrities, but it's not every day that I get to interview a legend. And uh, it's just crazy with everything that's going on, which we're going to get into. But I just have to say, you really have been an inspiration. And I'm not saying that just to say it. You really have been someone that's always spoke your mind, that's always been courageous. And that's um, what the topic is. This is actually the kickoff for the year for Sessions with Steven for 2018. There was a reason for the hiatus for me because a lot of people don't know I had a herniated disc in my back. And uh, I had three failed epidural shots that didn't work, so they actually had to do the surgery. I had to learn to pretty much walk all over again. And it was something that I was afraid to speak about. And then with all of that, I had four deaths in my family back to back within five months. And, you know, so it's good to be back at work and to have you here is is amazing. And I just want to know, what does it mean to be courageous to you? What does that mean for you? Wow, Stephen, that's a great question. And I, and first of all, I want to say to you, congratulations, brother, because you kept pushing through it all. Thank you. And I think when you say, what does it mean to be courageous? I think for me, it means to be fearless. Mm. It means to be unwavering and standing for what you know is the truth. And everybody, I guess, has a different version of courageous because I know some courageous people understand they had to make and what they had to say. But I think for me, being courageous is to be fearless. Right. And unafraid. I I have to, you know, we're going to have to get into it with this whole, the Netflix thing. But it, I mean, it goes all the way back to the quote-unquote being blackballed. And yes. do you feel that's something that really has happened? Have you been blackballed in Hollywood? Well, you know, I, at, at this point, Stephen, I would have to say yes. Mm-hmm. For a long time, I didn't want to say it because the offers were still coming, but they were getting lower and lower and lower and lower with yeah. really no regard. And they were beginning to treat me like I was brand new to this place called Hollywood. Right. And when you have an email from a producer named Will Packer saying, you know, I heard that you were uh, difficult and demanding and I still took a chance and when you say, well, what was Monique's difficulty? What right. was she demanding? And nobody can say it out loud because then they'll say all she was asking for was equality. Right. All she right. was asking for was respect. And right. when you hear a black man by the name of Lee Daniels that goes on the Don Lemon show and says, oh, she knows she was difficult and demanding, and everyone knows it. Well, no mm-hmm. one has said, what were those difficulties? Right. And then when you have a man named Tyler Perry and a woman named Oprah Winfrey, 
who was all a part of that movie Precious. And they called us and they said, what you're doing is right. But then they sat back and they watched this rumor spread like wildfire, fire, and no one said anything. So now we are now seven, eight years later, and I'm still dealing with it, and it showed up in that Netflix offer. Right. It was so just, when you it's, say, it's just uh-huh. crazy. Yeah, I, I'm just saying it's just crazy, but yeah. It is crazy, and when you say what is being uh, courageous, you know, because I've had people say, why would you speak out against them? They're the three juggernauts. Like, they're our three Mount Rushmore. Well, because they're bullies, and they're wrong. And we have to speak out because if not, it continues to go on. And for me, I got to speak out for the little girl who's not born yet because someone did it for me. Someone stood up for me to say, Monique, we took those ass weapons. We We took the low money. We took the low ball. We took it all so that you wouldn't have to. So please don't sit down and roll over. Please stand. And with the whole situation with Lee Daniels, we know, yeah, they were saying that you were difficult, but the whole thing was you had fulfilled your whole, your contract, including doing all of your press in the U.S. So that was already, that job was already completed and you yes. went home to your husband and your family and they just asked, and this is something that people don't, they're only hearing one side of the story for some reason, but they wanted to extend your press tour outside of the U.S., am I correct? Yes, you are. And your thing was you respectfully declined, not once, not twice, but three times, but the third time. A lady. Was it, right? (laughs) Right, three times, Uh uh-huh. The reason why you declined, because a lot of people felt like, why, 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 why was she declining why wasn't she gonna fly can you answer that question sure because you said it i fulfilled all of my obligations mm-hmm. so when lionsgate called and said monique did press so well in america we would like for her to go to Cannes and do the press over there and promote the movie well i told them i respectfully declined baby i've done all i'm supposed to do my contract was with lee daniels not with lionsgate mm-hmm. so when they called for the third time my husband, who's also my manager, he said, well, listen, guys, is there a number that you want to offer? Oh, no, we'll ne- we never pay people to promote. Well, I can't work for free. Right. So I couldn't pick up the phone and call Lionsgate and say, hey, why don't y'all go ahead and slap me a million dollars and do me a favor? They would think I was out of my mind. So for Lionsgate to call me and say, listen, you come on and work for free. Guys, I can't do that. And you got to understand, when you hear a man named Lee Daniels say, you got to play ball. Mm. That brings my mind to Harvey Weinstein because that man was able to get away with violating Mm -hmm. and sexually assaulting women for 30 years. And when you hear a man say, you got to play ball, well, what does that mean? What does that mean? To say, you got to play ball, does that mean I have to work for free? And if I don't work for free, will you then try to take my livelihood? Also, the the what the people don't know, I mean, it wasn't quite really about the money either. I mean, while you declined, I remember that you stated that you wanted to spend time with your family. You already had two failed marriages, I believe it was two. 
And you better speak on it, Stephen. Yeah, you have two thought marriages, and you know, at first, like what I remember when I heard the story, I'm like, well, if it was me, if they find me out, sure, I'll do it. But you have to listen to the person's story and see, well, why, why did she decline? And if I had two thought marriages, and then one of out of the three children that I have was upset with me because I sacrificed my whole career for, you know what I mean? It's like you have to stand up. You have to learn how to balance. And I I was saying to a few people that I feel like this was just your – it's not like you're brand new to Hollywood. It's not like you're a new actress or anything. You have done this, and and I think at this point it was like, okay, so now I have to learn how to balance. Like, so that yes. these little boys, these twins, don't go up to have the same issue that my first child had with me. It, would you what? say that? Would you say that is accurate? Oh, yeah. That was that was the initial, those were the reasons why I was saying, guys, I declined. Because if you remember, at the time, there was the Monique show. Right. I was on a comedy tour. And we were also doing press for the movie Precious. Right. So when it got to a point, it's like, guys, I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to spend this time with my family. So when you get Oprah Winfrey to call you up and says, what is it going to take to get you here? I can send you my private jet. Sister, no thank you. I'm laying in the bed with my man and my baby, eating potato chips and watching Curious George. (laughs) And then after she and my husband talk for about 30 minutes, Mm -hmm. and she begins to say, well, I know what it is to draw the line in the sand because I have to draw the line in the sand. And he had to ask her, well, what's different about you and Monique? And then she said, I totally understand what y'all are saying. And I agree. When Tyler Perry says, listen, if you just do it the way they say do it, then it might work out this way. And it's like, Tyler, I can't work for free. And then he said, I totally understand. The whole time, Lee Daniels was always saying, oh, I get it, girl. I just think you're making a bad choice because that's mm-hmm. what he means by you have to play the game. Mm-hmm. But being a mother of four children and having an older son, and because I did sacrifice that relationship so I could be quote-unquote famous, mm-hmm. and I did everything they told me to do, well, what I didn't do was nurture my son, who's now a grown man. And I said to the universe, if I'm given the opportunity again of motherhood, I won't blow it this time on this thing called fame, because that's not real. So when they were calling, it's like, well, if you're going to pull me away from my family, it's got to be a monetary pull away because i got to be able to bring something back to them, not a picture on the red carpet, not with the hope of me crossing my fingers and hope you'll like me enough and you'll give me a chance at something. No, guys, it has, it's not going to happen now. I understand, but I can't keep doing that. So right. when you say, when people say, Monique, well, why don't, you, why don't you just take the money and sit down? Because we've been doing that for years. Mm-hmm. And that's why the offers still remain low, because we don't speak up and we don't speak out. I, I definitely commend you on speaking up. Your family, your son, Shalon, that's the oldest one, right? Yes. Um, and how is he doing and how is that relationship with the both of you today? I would like to say he's doing fine, but I would be telling you, um, something that's not true. I'm not quite sure. Mm-hmm. I haven't spoken to him in quite some time. 
No. Yeah, because I, I never heard you speak of him that much, uh, you know, and I was just wondering, like, I hope that relationship has held, you know. So, and, and, um, and, you know, I, I say time has a way of healing all things, but yeah. that's something that when I say to the women in Hollywood, you don't want to sacrifice your family, baby, because I can't get those moments back, Stephen. I can't get them back, and he's now 27 years old. So I understand people's opinions. Oh, girl, just do it. Oh, girl, just take it. But one day all the lights and cameras will be gone. And now I have my family to look at. And what I don't want to happen is my family look at me and say, you know we don't know you because you gave it all to them. Mm -hmm. So not only am, am I fighting for inequality, I'm also fighting for the sister to say, it's okay to love your family. It's okay to say no. It's okay to nurture our babies, and it's okay to let people know this is my job. This is not my life. I just want to go to one of the Facebook questions from Rochelle Leconte. She asked, because of the Me Too movement, it seems as though women are coming together for women's rights, equal pay, a safe work environment, and calling men out who have abused their power. Why is it? not one person in the industry that is co-signing your arguments? Well, I would like to say, um, I would like to say that what you're saying is true, but however, I can't because when you have my sister Jada Pinkett-Smith that comes out and says, we may not like the way she said it, but y'all know she's telling the truth. So there are sisters that are saying, no, y'all, we got to stand with this sister because y'all know what she's saying is real. But then you have to ask your person on Facebook the question, when in history, when a black woman has had to take a stand, when did you see the barrage of black women standing with her? Mm-hmm. When did you see the barrage of black men standing with her? When in history, when a black woman had to take a stand, do you see other black women standing with her? Yeah. I'm not saying there's none, but when did right. you see the masses? So. I understand what it is. We've been so conditioned to believe, no, 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 no. If we stand together, it might be a problem. If we speak up, it might be a problem. So I don't take offense to it. I understand the conditioning. Now, also, uh, Candy, she actually posted a photo of you and a few other people, and uh, she expressed love to you. I don't know if you've seen that yet. Uh, Thank you, my baby Candy. I, I really love that. I, I was touched to see that myself because it's just like, where where is the love, you know? But what, what we have to understand is if Harvey Weinstein was able to do that for 30 years, right? Mm-hmm. Women knew about it. It wasn't a secret. And when you say, where's the love, people are afraid, Stephen. And I yeah. don't take it personal. So people are afraid of losing. It's like, oh, my God, if I can pick up. What will happen to me? What will they do? What will they say? Will I lose the little opportunities that I'm getting? So I can't take offense to it. What I can say is I understand it. But Mm -hmm. I hope that we will eventually wake up and say, if we stand together in numbers, things will change. Yeah. And you want to know something? Say, where's the love? It's funny, but that's honestly something that you and Sydney definitely, um, what I watched one of the episodes of your show and it, it was very inspirational and I followed your career like throughout your career since I was there so it's like um, you've always loved fearlessly 
And that's something sometimes that takes so much courage to do because you don't know if you're going to be hurt if you practice each day and, and treat each human, you know, really kind. And, you know, it take, I don't know what it took for you to turn into the person that you are as far as being a, a generous and kind-hearted person. I, every time I see you, you're always very kind to people. Like, what was that moment? Like, what happened <laughs> that made you so warm? I grew up a fat girl, baby. I grew up being teased. I grew up I grew up in a family that um it was okay to call names. It was okay to demean and belittle. So I know what that feels like. And I never want anybody else to feel that. So mm. to be kind, it doesn't cost anything. But yes. it's actually very rewarding. So when people say, Well money how is it that you're so kind? And then you have to ask them, how is it that you're not? Because you know what it's like for somebody to say, hey, Stephen, how you doing, baby? Yeah. You could be having a horrible day, but just for somebody to say, hey, Monique, how you doing, baby? My thought could change instantly. Absolutely. So it's just giving back what you, it's giving back what you would want somebody to give to you. Right. And when people, you know, they made this whole meme of you, I'm sure you've seen it with the whole decorated comedian uh, alive. And I don't know if people understand exactly what that means. It means you're speaking of awards. Am I correct? Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I did, like, do some research and stuff. I was wondering, like, what about, like, Whoopi Goldberg or, you know? Yeah, I, I well, actually, Whoopi's not a stand-up comedian, and she'll tell you that. She's a satirist. Oh. She, right, she had to do that one-woman show because she had to show them how brilliant of an actress she was because it was hard for her to get roles as an actress. But Whoopi's yeah. not a stand-up comedian. But I tell people, yeah. even if you include Whoopi, count the numbers for yourself. I wouldn't mm-hmm. have said it if it wasn't true. Also, the Monique show. I yes. actually love that show. But you want to know something? I It's so crazy. I could put the TV on mute and still hear you. <laughs> Shut your mouth, Steven. You know Shut up. <laughs> Listen, let me you tell you something, that. baby. Yo, Steven, I, I did swear. not know I was that loud, baby. I did not I, know yo, it. It's so crazy. And <laughs> let me tell you one day. I was that, actually? Yes, honey. I was oh, in the wow. closet in my house, right? <laughs> and the TV was on in the bathroom. And I heard oh. my boy. <laughs> Baby, when I walked out, it was me. And I looked at my husband. I said, Daddy, I said, I did not know. He said, Mama, (laughs) you just be having a good time, baby. (laughs) I love it because this is, I think that was around the time when I first got into my new home. And I used to just watch it every night. And I would actually really put my arms around myself in the bed and, want, you know, hug myself. Yes. As you used to do at the end of your show. Then I just want to know what happened to the Monique show. You see this? We thought that we were oh. going to get a new season. So did we, baby. Um, the Monique show was like a little girl on Family Matters. She went upstairs and never came back down. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> we went to the elevator and they ain't opened it back up. <laughs> right, right, yeah. So unfortunately, hopefully we can get another Monique show going or, you, well, we do have 
Sydney and Monique's open relationship. Let me just say this. We never know what tomorrow holds. Yeah. That's why I'm excited about today because it's so amazing. But yeah. we have no idea what's in tomorrow. Can't tell you when, can't tell you where. Yeah. But the Monique show going to be there. And one thing I definitely want to ask, because I know, you know, this whole thing with Oprah and a lot of people want to know about this specific comment about her not doing anything for the community is something that you said. Now, I don't know if you said that out of anger or just being emotional, but did you mean that or, you well, know? Let me tell you exactly what I said and exactly mm-hmm. what I meant. Mm-hmm. When we saw our sister, was it the Golden Globe that gave the it speech? Was, yes, I believe so. Well, yes. the question I asked, when did we ever see our sister at the Image Award giving that speech? When did we ever see our sister at the Stella Award giving that speech? When did we ever see our sister standing up for us giving that speech? Can you tell me when? Okay, so it was, it was about the speech. Well, you I'm, I'm asking you, was there a time uh, you saw her do it on a um, stage? I, I mean, I've seen her definitely speak on many stages, but I can't recall exactly what stages since she's been on many stages, so I don't know exactly what stage. Do you know what I mean? Well, just, but, yeah, baby, just do your research. Just pull up all the Image <laughs> Awards. Pull up all you, the BET Awards. Pull up all the Stella Awards. Pull up uh, all the yeah. uh, Pity Pat Trunk and uh, Crap Game Awards. Pull, pull them all yeah. up. So I'm not discounting what she said because yeah, what yeah, she yeah. said needed to be said. But what I am saying I is we've been dealing with inequality. We've been dealing with inequality for how long? Oh, since the the beginning. Since the beginning. Since the beginning. So what I am saying is, if we're dealing with inequality and you have a black woman that sits where she sits, well, the moment she makes noise about the inequality for the black actress, do you think it'll get different? Mm. I'm asking you, do you think it'll get different if she says these women are not paid fairly? Yeah, I, I think she has a huge influence. If she says, if she was to come out and say these women aren't being paid fairly and should be paid fairly, yeah, I think it, it can definitely, I think it opens, well, you've been one to open up the conversation, definitely. It opens up the conversation, but I don't know if it would actually change it, but if all of the women come together. Say it again, I come know together. It, it, yeah, if all of the women come together, it sure enough can change, for sure. Yeah, definitely. So, so when I mm-hmm. say to people, no, I'm not saying anything unique. I'm not saying anything new. I'm yeah. not saying anything that's magical or mystical. I think what the problem is is simply I'm saying it. See, yeah. when Sister Harriet stood up and said, hey, y'all, I know how to get us to freedom. Show me the picture in history where there were a lot of women standing behind her. Yeah. Fannie Lou Hamer, show me that picture. Eartha Kitt, show me that picture. Show Mm -hmm. me where we said we're going to stand. And when our white sisters stand up, and which they should, they seem to get rallied behind. But when a black woman stands up, you have to hear you're crazy, you're greedy. Oh, Lord, here we go again. You have to oh, hear. Yeah. Well, I mean, what you're saying is true, but that's just the way it is. Well, that's what they said about slavery, Stephen. Right. 
So I think what happens is, as people are saying, well, I mean, what she's saying is true, but, you know, should you, should you have said it like that? Why are we mm-hmm. not supposed to say it? How are right. we supposed to say it? Right. So I'm unapologetic for saying it. I'm unwavering yeah. for saying it. And I'm going to keep on saying it until there's some change. And it might not happen with me, Stephen. I'm willing to accept that. Just as it didn't happen with Hattie McDaniel. See, when Hattie McDaniel had to take a stand, she died broke and in despair. Because she was trying to fight for equality. But she made it so that I would get a little more money. Not the money we're supposed to get, but I would get a little more. So when you have sisters like that that's saying, I'm willing to take the hit. If it's going to make it better for the next one. Well, when are we going to stop saying, we won't let you take the hit, but we're going to make it better for us instead of, we're going to stand behind one another so we don't have to keep taking the hit. Mm, absolutely. And one thing, you you definitely have been a person to try and better women. And I know this is something that I've never heard you speak about that I'm excited to ask you about. Charm school. <laughs> yes. When you, when you went on the show and you was actually, you you were caring on those women and those women they were really lost what what made you decide to to do that show because i saw how those women were being exploited mm-hmm. i saw how they were being exploited because i'm one of those women i'm those sisters too could i use yeah. charm school in my life yes did i learn some things from those sisters yes so it wasn't like i was doing them no special favor we were all growing together Right. But if you're saying we want to do charm school, you can't then put liquor in front of these women and say, okay, roll camera, because you're going to mm-hmm. get a different kind of behavior. You're going to get a different kind of attitude when liquor is involved. So when I went on to sign up for that show, we really thought we could make a difference in them growing and me growing too. So I was appreciative of that show. And those women, even though we saw them with their behaviors, they're beautiful sisters. One thing I would love to come back a Parker's reboot. <laughs> in, in you know, our sister Andal is no longer with us. Yes, Yvette Wilson. Yes, yes. You can't do the Parker's without Yvette Wilson. Mm. You can't do it without Andal. So we're going to let the Parker's be what it was. Okay. In that moment in time, and it was absolutely beautiful. Well, thank you so much, Monique, for for coming on to the show. I just want to ask you really quickly, what is next for Monique? After all of this, is, you know, what is next for you? I know you have a play that you're working on. Yes, baby. We are doing this play, Stephen. It is called The Neighborhood Barbershop with Alan Payne, Reginald Ballard, myself, Little JJ. And when I tell you, This is a different kind of play than you've ever seen because you get to see a dynamic between these black men that I've never seen in a stage play. Alan Payne, Reginald Ballard, Little J.J., dynamic. So when it comes to your town, come to your city, make sure you come check it out. It's a young brother named um, Melvin Childs that's Mm -hmm. doing this play, and just let's support this brother. Let's make it happen. You're going to walk out of that play crying, laughing, trying to make a difference. There's so many things wrapped up in this play. So, again, when it comes to your city, come to your town, make, your, make sure you all support it. I love you, baby. I want to thank you for sharing your platform, brother. Okay. You didn't have to do it. 
I love you, Moni, and thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome, thank my you. sweetness. So, guys, be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes as well as Google Play Music. And also, be sure to follow me on Instagram. That's Stephen McCoy. And also, you can follow me on Twitter. That is Stephen McCoy B. And also follow our YouTube page. Uh, that is Spoken E-N-T, Spoken Ent. Thank you, guys. Hey, subscribe now.